mission to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cynonauts! And welcome to Synonauts Exploring the Criterion. A little bit later in this episode, we are heading to 1973 to discuss Bruce Lee's seminal Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you listened in last week, or I guess you can read the title of this episode, you'll know that we are joined by a guest Synonaut, dear friend of the show, fellow podcaster, of Bat and Spider fame, mm-hmm. comic artist of the end of the effing world, among many other things, Charles Chuck Forsman. Chuck, how's it going, buddy? I'm great. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. I was uh, surprised to get the invite um, because I don't. I still don't think of myself as a podcaster, but here I am Surprise. podcasting. <laughs> still, uh, <laughs> it's 2021. Everyone is now a podcaster. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Same boat, Chuck. Same boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When people are locked inside a house for a year now, yeah. these things happen. They need to communicate and discuss yeah. things they love uh, digitally. So here we are. And it's great if you can't afford therapy. It's, uh, it's true. It's a pretty good yeah. replacement. It is. I, I do love this weekly yeah. conversation we have. It's a fun way to sort of decompress. Of from course. Everything. Yeah. Get a few things off your chest, heal a little bit, vent a little bit. <laughs> How else am I going to talk about Big Brother Canada? You know, or other. Oh, wow. Other is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Before we do our full catch up, uh, Chuck, for those who don't know, Talk to us about Bat and Spider. Big fan of the yep. pod, uh, but for those who haven't listened, what is it? So, yeah, I started, we just recorded our 50th episode, so we, we're almost on our one-year anniversary. So me and my my buddy Dale, Dale Andrews, who, um, who you guys Heard of him. Know, Heard of him. Of course. Um, <laughs> we, we started a podcast with, because we shared a, a love of sort of the, what I call garbage movies. <laughs> um stuff that like you know like we just did plan nine from Mm -hmm. outer space which is probably like the ultimate example of that um of the type of movie we watch but we span like all decades and uh internationally and everything um and it you know it's mostly horror movies but that we're not like a strictly horror show and um and yeah we also do we every week we watch uh a tales from the crypt episode Mm -hmm. from the the 90s series on HBO. So we're going through that whole thing. It's, we're very inclusive and we're also like, like, I feel like there's a lot of shows that cover bad movies that are making fun Mm -hmm. of them and we're not that show. So don't lump us in with that. (laughs) Give us a, give us a try because we're, we're, we genuinely have a love for this stuff and we really uh, dig in and, you know, we're more, we're more, um, at least for me, I'm more fascinated by people with passion. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, that's what I like to find in those, in, you know, the lower rung movies of people who don't have all the resources, but they have a drive mm-hmm. and they manage to make, you know, put, put stuff together and make something work. And, and, and often it's a group of people that are, um, you know, working together uh, to, to make a piece of art. And there's a lot of beauty that comes out of that. So that, that's mm-hmm. sort of our goal as a podcast to, to watch those movies and talk about them. Yeah, my favorite episode, and I've I've told you 
this plenty of times, Chuck, is uh, your episode on Basket Case. It was a couple <laughs> months yeah. ago, but if you want a taste of how Chuck and Dale talk about these movies that most people will just kind of like sweep under the rug or use it as a subject to make mm-hmm. fun of it, listen I to agree. the Basket Case episode because uh, they speak about these movies and just so eloquently and just as passionate as people who make it. And I went and rented that movie like immediately after listening to the episode and getting the context of hearing it from them first to watching it like really enhances the experience. That's awesome. So if you want to go check one out, my recommendation is the basket case episode um, and just like yeah. any of them, but that, that's a favorite of mine. Awesome. That's a good, yeah, that's one of my favorite episodes. Cause that was, that was the first time I ever watched that movie and mm-hmm. it, it blew my mind and yeah. now it's one of my top movies. <laughs> right. I think it helps like when you are watching something and then you get to have that sort of like post watching experience with your, with your friends. Like that is such a good feeling. And then like once you, and when you connect with it, it just brings so much more passion to that conversation where you're just like, oh, yeah. and this part and this and that, and well, yeah. I can't believe this. And like, you're both just start vibing off each other. And like, I've had that in real life and it's really fun when you can like, mirror that like in a show like that 100 especially yeah that's yeah i appreciate especially with like the movies that you guys cover i feel like those are so easy to kind of like one and done like you just watch it you're like whatever you don't spend much time unpacking it or thinking about it so it's kind of cool that you guys like elevate it to that level and like take a good look and give them the respect that they deserve right yeah, totally. And doing a show really helps me actually do yeah. that. I'm sure a lot of those movies, if I wasn't watching it for a podcast, I'd, I'd fall asleep or turn them off halfway through <laughs> or look at my phone a, a bit too much, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it really, you know, actually doing watching these with Dale, it really, like, really makes me dig in and not be a lazy viewer, mm. um, which is, I'm sure you guys find that you're, you're a lot more attentive. 100%. You have to be when most of the movies you watch are subtitled. Yeah. You don't oh, yeah, have a choice. True. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get stuck. It's like, oh, I wasn't paying attention for 10 minutes and I really don't know what's going on. You can't even fake it. You have to rewind it and go back. <laughs> for sure. And then I also just want to touch briefly, Chuck, new yeah. podcast, Bad Boy, uh, to the stars. Also, a really awesome comic artist. Mm. I mean... Uh, I met Chuck through a group of friends and Chuck, uh, I unknowingly had loved his TV shows and his comic books without even realizing I was talking to him. I have a very embarrassing story, <laughs> uh, asking all of our friends if anyone has had seen the end of the effing world and how much I loved it and how, uh, the comic is awesome. And then everyone kind of razzed me saying that it was actually Chuck's show and I just had no idea. Uh, but yeah, I Chuck, had no Chuck. idea. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wow. There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there it is. <laughs> He's uh, just our buddy wow. Chuck. I'm know? just I'm just another dude. Well, my, just another podcaster. Mind blown. Wow. Uh what yeah. are so what are some comics that you've uh penned and, and written all sorts of Yeah. Stuff? Um yeah, so my two I, the most well known books are probably the end of the fucking world and I'm not okay with this, which were both turned into Netflix series shows um in the last couple of years. Um but the, they started as comic books that I drew in my little studio, um, published by Fantagraphics. Um, and yeah, I've been making comics since about 2008. Um, and, you know, I went to a little school called the Center for Cartoon Studies up in Vermont um, that was like housed in a, an old department store on a main street in a tiny town. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, ever since graduating from there, I've, I've been making my own comics, you know, a lot of mostly self-publishing, which I still do to this day. And, um, yeah. And just constantly trying to, to, you know, tell stories and 
and I've had, you know, I've been very blessed to, to mm-hmm. have had some luck and yeah, the adaptations have definitely helped me a lot. Um, cause yeah, it's hard to make money, uh, in comic books. I don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. if you guys know that. I mean, in most arts it is, I guess, but, yeah. um, but yeah, definitely the, that Netflix money helped me, um, be a little more comfortable. <laughs> finally. Get that Netflix money. In between yeah. the Netflix stuff, uh, you can check out Chuck's Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Charles Forsman or is it Chuck Forsman? Uh, it's, I think it's just slash Chuck. I got in Chuck early. Team early, I right? Yeah, Chuck, well yeah. Yeah, you sign up for that. I'm a patron there. You can get monthly comics, uh, access to cool Chuck sketches and all that sort of stuff. Um, so definitely go check that out as well. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So let's catch up really quickly. Uh, let's start with our guest of honor, Chuck. What did you watch this week? Yeah, so uh, since I'm on Cinenauts, I uh, I wanted to talk about, I just watched Summer with Monica uh, mm-hmm. by Ingmar Bergman, which uh, is my first experience watching a Bergman movie. Um, I had, I've always wanted to watch his stuff for years, but it was always like, uh, you know, it's like the, the big novel that everyone's supposed to read that you just <laughs> skip over to watch, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again. Yeah. instead um <laughs> but i was like we just got off the week of watching all that superhero stuff uh that happened last week and one of my favorite directors anna biller who did the love witch she just tweeted nice like one tweet about this movie summer with monica um you know and she she's so she's such a great like film scholar that i, I just whenever she tweets i'm all, i'm always like paying attention <laughs> um and just her little line talking about this movie i was like well i'm putting this on right now um and it was great it was exactly what i needed um it was you know it's a small human story about a couple um a very young couple who kind of fall in love that you know they're both like annoyed with their their lives in Sweden and they get on a boat and spend the summer just hopping on islands and, you know, stealing food and getting in fights and, (laughs) and it, you know, the relationship starts like really amazing and beautiful and young, lustful. And then it, it sort of devolves into, you know, they have to grow up by the end of the summer and go back to their lives. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know what a typical uh, Bergman movie's like, but I think I kind of got the idea from this and, but it was just, it, it was an amazing movie. Um, um, and now I'm like all in Bergman. I'm, I'm ready to go. Give me more. <laughs> so, nice. Sounds like yeah. Chuck is ready to spend 10 hours with us. Oh, wow. Watching <laughs> Fanny and Alexander. The t- no, I'm just kidding. Let oh, it yeah, die. I'll watch that. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> Fanny, Fanny and Alexander's great. Uh, nice. Yeah. Are there any, what other Bergmans are you targeting next? Have you decided? Like Persona well, got, is a big yeah, one. I got, Persona, Seventh Seal, I got to see Wild Strawberries. Right. Um, I do, yeah, and Fanny and Alexander, that's definitely on my list too. Um, yeah, yeah, just I'm, I'm nice. I'm, I'm enthralled now, so I'm ready to watch whatever. He doesn't really have a type. Like, I mean, stylistically, they're all there's a lot of variance, and stories are all very different. Like, I think you'll watch Summer with Monica, and then if you watch Persona next, you'll you'll be like, how is this the same director? Um, which is very cool because he's awesome. pretty all over the place. Um, but yeah, nice. Love, love to hear that. I'm looking forward to keeping up with your, uh, tracking on that. Yeah. Catcher. What about you? What did you watch? I also watched justice league, uh, this week, like Chuck <laughs> said, everyone else is involved. Uh, 
I just I know I don't want to talk about it though. Uh, I just realized <laughs> I wanted to. I really desperately wanted to, and then I just realized I just don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> it is cool though, and I think it's worth checking out as like an experiment in filmmaking. Like you'll never see this again, so check it out. Um, mm-hmm. And there was some pretty amazing, wonderful, like especially if you are a fan of comics, like might be one of the most like comic-y movies I've seen in a long time. And I know like obviously comic book movies are everywhere, but there's just something quintessentially like comic booky about especially like the back half of this movie. That's really cool. Um but I will talk about the last blockbuster, which is a documentary that was on Netflix uh sort of mm-hmm. covering what is essentially the last blockbuster that exists in the world in Bend, Oregon. Um, it's weird because I always growing up like blockbuster was always like evil. Like it was always like the corporation that took all the cool movie rental places away Mm -hmm. and everyone just had a blockbuster on every corner. And it was just like, you guys are lame, but these were the only options you had. And in this movie, they sort of try and like spin that narrative somehow where it's like blockbuster was the great place that brought everyone together. And it's like, ah, you're, twisting history here a bit that I don't appreciate so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it is or what I wish it sort of was a little bit more was the story of sort of what a small local business can be and what it can mean to mm-hmm. a community and um, what it can provide a community. And it does get into that and talks about the owner and she's called like the blockbuster mom. I believe her. She is a character. She also. is a character. Her family is interesting. Like, it's an interesting mix of people and stuff, but I just think she is the kind of uh, business owner we need to appreciate and care for and, like, uh, co- I don't know, coddle's not the right word, but just we need to emphasize how the importance of these kinds of peoples and uh, people in our community. And um, so for that, I really appreciated it, but I think it could have dived more into sort of her struggles and the struggle of owning a business in that way. Uh, and I think it sort of gets totally overshadowed by, like, Blockbuster trying to people trying to remember Blockbuster as a thing that was, like, greater than it was. Um, but she's mm-hmm. do, she should just ditch the Blockbuster name and, like, open this rental place under her own name and do her own thing. It probably won't be as successful, but, um, yeah. Last Blockbuster. Worth checking out if you even remember what renting movies is like. Uh, it's cool. Never forget it. Never forget. Yeah, I, I watched it, too. I thought it was, it, was, it was a fun watch. It was, like... It could have been a really cool 30-minute, like, YouTube video, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, they really dragged out yes, a lot of parts. agreed, yeah. Um, 25 minutes shorter, for sure, I think, yeah. Do you all have, like, fond memories of renting movies? I do. 100%. The, the part oh, yeah. where they talked about the smell of Blockbuster, <laughs> I distinctly remember. Yeah. No, I love, yeah, I love how you pointed out, Catcher, that, that you know, it sounds like they're sort of, you know, and, and it's not just them. I feel like a lot of people are guilty of turning blockbuster into this thing that it wasn't yeah. like cuz cuz they were the they were the evil um store mm-hmm. like the evil movie store when i when growing up because they would only have they would only have the big movies um like my, my i i was blessed to have uh, this place called Nick Dumphy's all that video <gasps> that um, name alone you know everything you need to know oh, about yeah. that place <laughs> and and they hung in there you know we didn't we didn't have a blockbuster near us for a long time That's because you know we had them and they you know they they held them off for a while but um but it was great i mean they had every you know that's all my memories of seeing weird um movies uh seeing the boxes of them the covers mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are just burned in my brain which are 
basically all the movies I'm watching with Dale and Bat and Spider now. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You know, I wouldn't be able to rent them back then, but that experience of going into this weird dungeon of a video store and just seeing, you know, mountains of tapes, mm-hmm. um, all the wonder in that is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd like to see a documentary on uh, mom and pop shops. Yeah. I'm sure there is. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see that story. I, I had a podcast idea, TMTMTM, where I would interview uh, video <laughs> shop owners of mom and pop shops really? around the country and just like talk to oh, them wow. about that. So TMTMTM. No, that's a great idea. Yeah, we had a place called Jumbo Video. Jumbo Video. Like, you remember Jumbo Video? Yeah, there was like a few yeah. of them around and they used to like pop popcorn. So you'd go in and you could just get a bag of popcorn and just like eat it while you were mm-hmm. traveling around and <laughs> looking for movies, it. man. It was great. My neighbor Totoro, I remember just like having, picking that up and like bringing it home with me when I was like really young. It's just like movies like that you wouldn't get anywhere else, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Boom, what did you watch? I watched Badlands, which was mm-hmm. uh, Terrence Malick's Ooh, yeah. first film. I'm not Ooh. too familiar mm-hmm. with his stuff but i know he's kind of a big deal um <laughs> and it's uh stars sissy spacek and martin sheen and they give both give really strong performances um i thought it was a very simple story like it's just about two kind of like people who fall in love sort of um they become runaways and and Martin Sheen goes on this like really strange killing spree um and they're on the run as you do yeah as you do and i don't know it was it was an interesting experience cuz as i said like it's a very <laughs> simple story but there was like something about it that just like i don't know there's just something about it and i think what is great about it is just all the things um like the cinema cinematography the score character choices stuff like that i don't know it kind of just like it pours into it and like brings it to this like really heightened place um despite it being so straightforward it's it's very hard to ex- explain i had a very fun experience watching it um sounds like it might have been like if we were doing it on is it in the criterion collection maybe would have been the mm. like satellite pairing to the film Chuck watched. <laughs> Sounds a little similar, yeah. but yeah, uh, I definitely recommend checking it out. It's on the Criterion channel. So yeah, Badlands is a huge, that's a huge movie for me. I'm really glad you watched it. That's oh, probably, nice. Yeah. I mean, that's basically, you know, the end of the fucking world. My, my story mm. basically oh. from that. I never thought about really that until right now, it, but yeah, but yeah, you're right. That would be a great double feature. Oh yeah, and I feel like that score in Badlands has been used so mm. much. Oh, like, that's used to score. hear that in like every trailer, like in like the nineties, I feel like. And um, yeah. Yeah. It's actually it's based on a trail uh it's not like based heavily, but it's a real life thing that happened. Yeah, it's like this guy yeah. Charles Starkweather who him and his young girlfriend went on a crazy road trip shooting spree. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think Only a lot of movies America. were actually like born from that yeah. from that that thing like up in the 50s and 60s i think yeah it's like that and bonnie and clyde yeah. combined probably mm-hmm. right yeah two bases natural born killers american crime movies and stuff like that are you going to continue down the malik road i'd say so yeah i've so i've seen um what's the one with uh colin the pocahontas one a uh, new world a new world oh, yeah, new world i saw that when i was like 
very young. When did it come out? It must have been like 16 in theaters because I just thought the story of Pocahontas yeah. was cool. And I just remember like being like, what the hell is this? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'd be very excited to like go back and check it out. Like my interest is definitely peaked and, and I'll definitely be checking out some more of his work. So yeah. Let me know when you get to uh, to the wonder. Yeah. Let me know when you get to that. Maybe this is know. like now that my Star Wars uh, watch through is ended. Now I'll just go on to Terrence Malick. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, wow. What a, what a transition. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> For me, I didn't watch too much. I didn't watch any movies last week, actually. I don't think. But uh, I also like Boom, where I just had never watched Shit's Creek. Yes. And all of a sudden we're on season four. Yes. And that show is awesome. Like. I didn't watch it really because I watched the first episode a while mm. ago and I just like thought they were just going to be mean the whole time. And like, I thought the plot of the show was this rich family being mean <laughs> to these people in this town, but that's like a hundred percent the opposite of what the show is. Yeah. It is like so much heart and is like very wholesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just great. So Can if Con. anyone else has also been sleeping on it, it is CanCon right. also. I, uh, I love it. I was very like, I don't understand why the show is winning every award, but it's really, really yeah. good. The mother I'm so happy watch. you're watching it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, before we get to our uh, mission this week for Enter the Dragon, I just want to chat really quickly. Mm. Uh, I picked this movie last week before all sort of like the dialogue and discourse around the violence against Asian Americans had happened. Um, so mm. this kind of just like paired up sort of like mm -hmm. in synchronization with like what the conversation is. I'm not going to dive too much into it. I will just say that it's pretty awful what is happening to Asian Americans, obviously, yeah. uh, in the United States right now. Don't need to go much further than that. And, you know, as an American, Asian American, while I appreciate the spree of Instagram posts <laughs> and stories being shared, <laughs> a really easy way to actively support the Asian American community is like go rent Minari right now on iTunes or go support uh, or go rent Enter the Dragon or go to that hole in the wall Asian restaurant you haven't eaten at since quarantine and like go get dinner from them. Yeah. Because I swear all that is so much more helpful and empowering and supportive to you know, communities being targeted right now. Mm -hmm. So that is my spiel on that. 100%. You know, I appreciate the social media support I'm seeing, but go do something that is super easy to do, something you'll probably do anyway, and just like make it a point to do that this week because it's very helpful, especially in particular, you know, going to hole-in-the-wall Asian restaurants where they're probably really struggling right now and have mm -hmm. been struggling from the start of of COVID and all that sort of stuff. Easy ways to help the community and show support. Uh Yes. Yeah, that was it. And also, uh, sorry, awesome. just to kind of like pick on to what you're saying. Also, educate yourself as much as you can. Mm -hmm. There's so much power in that. I think I've spent quite a bit of time like reaching out to friends of mine who I feel may have been directly affected by this. And a lot of them have come back and been like, well, boom, like, you know how it is. But deep, realistically, mm. I'm like, do I, though? And I, and I spent a lot of time this week trying to kind of learn as much as I could. And there's, there's some deep hateful roots there. And it's important that we're not just kind of like echoing these things. We're actually working to 
be better and learn and change. And so, yes, please, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Indeed. It's it's always like, I mean, the only thing I would, add, it's just like, I, I understand your frustration, Ian, because it's, it's, it's like, why does it have to take a tragedy like this? Right. Yeah. Start talking like, it's about awful. Something. It takes a um, mass murder, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just you, to see everyone flooded and all of a sudden everyone's experts. It's, it's, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good you're listening, you're learning, yes. but you know, it's like, come yeah. on. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It is great. You're taking the time to do that, but there are really simple things that really yeah. could mean a lot to people. So. Listening and Go acknowledging ahead. is like step one. Yeah. Like, like, if yeah. you are not taking that knowledge and turning it around, and like mm-hmm. you can't change the world, not one person can do that. But you can make small choices in your day to day life yeah. that can help assist uh, the people around you. And it doesn't take much. Like Ian, like you said, go to a restaurant you haven't gone to, shop at a spot that you wouldn't necessarily shop to. Like, put mm-hmm. your. We live in a capitalist society. Everyone, surprise! Like, use your <laughs> money and and put it in places that can actually benefit the people you think you're benefiting 100%. by posting that stuff. Echo, yep. keep the stuff going. Keep the conversation active. Don't let it happen just when this, when events like this mm-hmm. happen. But yes, you know, do what you can when you can all the time. Take those learnings way. and apply them to everyday life forever. Exactly. I saw Chuck reach for the hang up call when Catcher said we're in a capitalist society. <laughs> <laughs> thank, so Chuck, thank you for sticking around. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, I know. Look, I know. Mm-hmm. We all gonna play the game. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right, so. Let's discuss Enter the Dragon. Uh, it is about a martial artist played by Bruce Lee, who was just named Lee, which I think is always <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, and he is a martial artist living in a temple. And for some reason, he agrees to become a spy to take down a crime lord uh, under the guise of being invited to a fighting tournament happening there. Happening there. So... Uh, I invite all of us to jump into our time machines. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, travel back to 1973. So Bruce Lee was born on November 27th, 1940 in San Francisco. Um, he was a Chinese-American martial artist, actor, director, and philosopher. Uh, Bruce's father was a Cantonese opera star, and as a result, Bruce had a string of various stage and film roles through his youth uh, when his family moved back to Hong Kong. So while in school in Hong Kong, Bruce had gotten in a number of street fights, and as a result, his parents decided to put him in in some martial arts training. And in uh, 1958, a rival martial arts school challenged Bruce to a fight. And in this fight, Bruce had beaten someone up so badly that his parents decided it was safer to send him back to the United States uh, to finish his college degree. Now, there are a ton of blanks to fill in here, uh, including things like moving from Oakland to San Francisco to Seattle and back and dropping out of college, all that sort of stuff. Uh, But fast forward to 1966, Bruce lands a role as Cato in The Green Hornet, thus introducing himself uh, as an uh, actor to American audiences, and the rest is history. From 1968 to 1972, Bruce starred in six films, and in 1973, Bruce's first American and Hong Kong co-produced film, Enter the Dragon, was released, which earned $350 million in the box office, which, adjusted for inflation, is more than a billion dollars today. Enter the Dragon is now recognized as the most influential martial arts film of all time and also cemented Bruce as a pop culture uh, legend and star forever. Unfortunately, Bruce passed away uh, from what seems to be like a reaction to some migraine or pain medications he took, 
uh, one month before the film was released, so he was never able to understand the impact he and his films made on the world close to even close to 50 years later. Uh, but we are here to talk about it today. I know typically the guests choose the movie, but I wanted to choose Enter the Dragon, and then I failed on getting a guest last month when I was supposed to. <laughs> and then I real I remembered, Chuck, that you and I have spoken about Bruce Lee quite a bit before. Uh, so what, what's your experience with Bruce Lee, just like in general? Yeah, well, we got, I, yeah, we're both owners of this beautiful uh, Bruce yes. Lee Criterion box set uh, that came out last year. Um, and this was sort of my, like, I was like, when I bought this, I was like, all right, I'm finally going to like, seriously sit down and watch these movies um because up until then you know i i was aware of bruce lee and and when i put enter the dragon on i was like i realized oh this is probably the first time i mean this movie was my first exposure probably mm -hmm. to him um I, I have a memory speaking of video game or uh, video stores we we rented my brothers probably rented this from uh nick dumphy's all that video um, I'm guessing it was like the mid nineties, probably, probably around the time of, uh, the, the, what was it? The, dr was a dragon? The Bruce Lee story came out. Yeah. 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 Way it, of the dragon. Must, I think. Or yeah. It, Cause I feel like there was a little bit of a Bruce resurgence at that time. And that's probably how, why we mm -hmm. were getting into it. But, um, but yeah, so this movie was like my first exposure to Bruce Lee. Um, and, and it was, it was a trip rewatching it and having those images flood back to me. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this with uh, with all you guys. My first talking point I wanted to bring up here that I already kind of teased earlier <laughs> is that this movie, how would you genreify Enter the Dragon? Mm. Because if you're told it's a martial arts movie, it's a martial arts movie. If you're told it's a spy movie, it is. Yes. If you're told it's black exploitation, it also like kind of is. Yeah. So what are your thoughts around how this movie sort of just blends a whole bunch of genres together and I think quite, quite well. I'd say if hype were just its own genre, that's what this would be. <laughs> yeah. Just hype. <laughs> it's kind of true though. Yeah. Cause I was saying, like I was saying to catcher just earlier, I'm like, it definitely is like this blend of all these different genres, but it is also very much so its own very specific mm -hmm. thing. Um, that feels very wholesome and right. So I just, I'm definitely stumped there. Definitely stumped, but like in the most excited <laughs> way possible. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I guess, um, uh, I think like the first like time I had even experienced anything Bruce Lee was like through dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Uh, mm -hmm. right. Is that what it's called? No. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. So it's weird. Like I had a friend of mine, he was like, Oh, what are you guys watching next week? And I was like, Oh, we're watching. Uh, Enter the Dragon. And he's like, oh, Bruce Lee. Like, what's the deal with Bruce Lee? And I was like, oh, yeah, I felt like I knew all this stuff about Bruce Lee. And then halfway through me talking about it, I was like, oh, no, this is, I'm just telling him the plot of like the movie. <laughs> I was like, I actually don't know that much about, and I was like, I don't even think I've seen Enter the Dragon. And then I was like, okay, well, now I realize I don't know anything. And so I was really excited. To, and I turned it on. I was like, this movie's awesome. Like, from, from basically the word go, you start off with this like really cool, like, uh, fighting sequence where it's more like a training thing i guess and it's got all mm -hmm. of these um they're all they're at a shaolin temple so you have all of these like what, what's the word like tra they're not trainees but it's like whatever uh, students and they're all like color-coded they're all grouped in these mm -hmm. really like, amazing costumes and it's like from the word go you're like wow this is like a beautiful movie and you know you start mm -hmm. getting all the spy stuff and you're like okay this is 
<laughs> this is perfectly pulpy, lovely stuff. And it just, it doesn't really take its time. It's just like, it just goes. It's just like, okay, we're on to the next part and we're on to the next bit of information. And like, let's get, how many times can we fit some fighting sequences into any, every experience? And it's just like really fun and an enjoyable watch all around, I think. This was going to be like Bruce Lee's big, right? Uh, like Hollywood movie. Like this, he finally got the chance to star in a, you know, this was a Warner Brothers uh, uh, production, which was a really big deal for him as, you know, what he was working towards. Mm -hmm. um, and it, so it was like a really big chance. And it was, you know, sadly, the last thing um, he made uh, before mm -hmm. he passed. And, um, and it was, you know, he didn't even get to see it released uh, uh. and see its success, which is a bummer. Um, but, it, you know, to me, it feels like, oh, they, you know, Warner Brothers was like, well, we've never made one of these movies before. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take one part, you know, the sort of Hong Kong action movie that Bruce has been making. Uh, but just to like make sure that Westerners like it, we'll kind of make it a James Bond movie too. Mm. <laughs> and they just sort of like squished it together. And you know, it works. I, I, yeah. I actually like really dug it. Um, you know, seeing them sort of work that way. Uh, and I love, like I was, I watched some of the, uh, the documentaries on the disc and yeah, they said how the uh, script was only 80 pages long because there were just pages that would just say, Bruce is going to choreograph a fight here. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Didn't bother writing anything, <laughs> which is great. Cause it was like, this is Bruce's movie. Yeah. Like this is like, you know, they were letting him sort of steer the ship a little bit. I want to quickly shout out, you know, Bruce Lee, he was a big uh, proponent, obviously in the way that Asian Asians period were portrayed mm -hmm. in uh, Western culture, Western film. It was always kind of like a gag character or, or something like that. And so, you know, his quest for Enter the Dragon was making, you know, a masculine Asian character uh, with his character of Lee. But at the same time, he's also just a, he was a big advocate of like equally portraying people on screen. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really obvious, obviously with Jim Kelly's character. Yes. Um, but in the opening scene, like a reason he goes to this island is because we find out his sister had been, you know, something happens to his sister uh, by this like crime gang. And the first like really long extended fight scene mm -hmm. is his sister kicking the shit out of like incredible ten or incredible chase fight sequence, yes. and it ends with her like rather than being taken away like to become you know a sex slave or whatever, she would rather die honorably. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so cool because I hadn't watched Enter the Dragon in a while, and when I started that scene, I was like, oh man, is this like not going to age particularly well? Yeah, I was worried. No, it totally <laughs> did. Like she. Kicks, she like fights off all these guys awesome. and you know in the most badass way and dies honorably like as how she wants to with her pride and honor which i thought was so cool and not just yeah. like uh obviously it's like a strong woman fighter like dealing with all of these guys but in a way that a lot of times in film um uh, like when you have like a group fight it's like you can see, okay, this guy, this guy is holding back till this guy goes, and then this guy comes, right. and then it's like, and it's a pile on it, and it's never like, you, you could sort of tell how it's here. It's like they handle her dealing with multiple assailants in such a really great and smart way, mm -hmm. and the way that she's sort of like using the environment. It's not like uh, over dramatic, and it's not like mm -hmm. a, like a sort of a huge set piece, but just like her movements and the just the whole choreographed sequence is just like so well done. It's yes. not flashy; it's just smart. Also, there's like tracking yeah. shots, like like the aerial shots yeah. are fucking awesome. 
because it's yeah. like you're there, like you're on the ground with her. You're watching her kick ass and do your, her thing. And then she gets a little bit of leeway and it kind of you get this like overhead shot of her just trying to like get away. And just the way it does, the way it works and the way um, it like transitions and it's edited just works so well. I, I was like literally yes queening. I always do. But like I was especially <laughs> yes queening. <laughs> For this particular sequence, I thought it was, it was really cool. Um, so yeah, that's my, yep. my two cents. <laughs> I think the actor's name is Angela Mal, I think. Mm-hmm. And she, I was like, as soon as, you know, halfway through the scene, I was already like, oh, I gotta, I gotta look her up and find out what her deal was. And she was like, she was like with like Bruce, she was like on, on the rise golden harvest um, action star. Oh, wow. So she, she's got like. A few movies, like a bunch of movies that she starred in, um, uh, like one called Lady Whirlwind, which I really need to track down. Wow. I think that became her uh, her nickname for a while, Lady Whirlwind. Mm. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, I was just <laughs> enthralled with her. She was so good. I mean, it was that I love the way you guys describe that scene. It was almost like what like we what we got with like when Jackie Chan started making movies. That, yeah. that mm. idea of like running through an environment, mm-hmm. fighting off all these enemies, and you know, using all the stuff around you. Yeah. So I was just like, yes, give me more of her. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Like, you know, what is it? Is it a skyfall or a casino Royale opens up with that parkour sequence? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. sequence doesn't happen without something like this. Happening, yeah. you know, however many years earlier. And there's such, yeah. Speaking of, uh, supporting the Asian American communities, I read on her Wikipedia that she moved to New York. Like she retired from acting, moved to New York and now she runs like three restaurants. So, Oh, hey. there you go. Yeah. If you're in New York, go find those restaurants. Lady, World Lady Whirlwinds. Yeah. Get her Yeah. Get her autograph too. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Oh, 100%. How about Jim Kelly? Jim Kelly, uh amazing. I mean, he was a athlete, actor, also a badass martial artist with a huge credit list of martial arts films nice. at the time as well. Uh also a good friend of Bruce Lee. I thought you were going to uh, say huge afro. Uh, <laughs> also <laughs> huge afro. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Like, yeah, I thought I thought that too. I mean, his intro is also so. I mean, oh, all yeah. the character intros I thought were so well done, but yeah. his is so cool. I mean, 1973, he's finding out cops who are not finding out, beats the shit out of cops, steals a cop car after being racially profiled. Like, come on, yeah. 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 how cool is that? Right? Like, it literally all those all the things that like we look for in love in, in media today, you know, we want mm-hmm. those like badass feminine mom- feminism moments. We want like, you know, black people fighting back and, and all of that. I'm like, wow. I, I was truly shocked to see that happening, but it was so cool. And it was very like, um, now I feel like these things happen and they're cool, but you can definitely tell they're being put on for a reason. I feel like this was kind mm-hmm. of just seemed more natural. I mean, especially with the progression of his character, not going to lie, like not the best. So I'm like, yes, it's the seventies <laughs> <No>. still. But <laughs> it was, it was, it was an awesome moment. It, it felt good. Fed my soul. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. I, and I love, I loved his, the dojo. They showed his dojo yes. for a little bit. Like, yeah. It was cool. And it, it had like black power posters and stuff. Yeah. And well, because that was a movement, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, and that's what I think he, the producers went to, they met him at his little, his, I don't know what it, he was running, like a karate place in Crenshaw. And mm-hmm. they were like, they hired him like, because the, the, they had another actor cast who quit and they had like two days to find a guy. And they, they uh, picked, they found Jim Kelly and he got on an airplane. 
Thank goodness. Like, all right, I'll do it. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, and he's incredible since you brought it up in a boom. So let, let's chat about Jim Kelly and yeah. his exploits <laughs> throughout this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's such, like... I mean, if you were talking about how this movie's black exploitation, I mean, clearly their yeah. his story arc follows that narrative a bit. But boom, what were your thoughts on that? You already said it didn't eat. His wasn't your favorite storyline. So what were your thoughts? Well, there? okay. Well, it started off so strong. So it was like, fuck yes. Like, <laughs> you know, I thought it, I, I was like this out of all the friggin like 70s movies I've seen. I'm like, this might just be the one. Yeah. He might make it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. Overall, I thought his storyline was pretty cool. Um, I it was actually quite nuanced. Like, obviously, with him beating up the cops at the beginning, even him just like rowing, like coming up on the boat, and like the people just kind of like checking him out because he's just this like big black dude with an afro, and that you could was just awesome. like tell that they were curious about him. And he was cool. Like, he brought some humor to it. Um, he has that line about the ghetto too. He was oh, like, all ghettos yes. are the same. They smell. I was like, yeah. 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 Anywhere in the world. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like it really, yeah, it hits really hard. Um, it just sucks. Cause it's like when he's uh, facing Han, obviously things don't go well. You know, I guess someone had to fail. It just sucks. Cause he mm-hmm. got roped into it. Like he, he was just kind of there to compete yeah. and like do his thing and then ends up dying. But <laughs> Um, also just like the imagery of him being like chained and stuff was like a little rough, but, um, overall it was just like nice to see. It was nice to see. They pay tribute to that movement. Um, there, there were definitely hits, a few misses, but it was cool. Something about the way, uh, Jim Kelly's character dies. There's a phrase in pro wrestling called being put over. Yeah. And that basically means you're winning the fight or if you're losing the fight, you're still put over and you're losing in a good way. And I actually think they did that really well with Jim Kelly. Mm. Like he fights off a, like a couple like badass guys. He, he fake throws the fight and then he wins for that bet earlier. Mm. Uh, and then when he loses to Han, he's putting up this fight and Han can only beat him by like, you know, throwing opium in his face right. and then hitting him with what is real, which is a badass reveal to be that like metal hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and in martial arts movies a lot, um, and like Westerns for action actors at the time, they really didn't want to be portrayed as a guy who's losing all the time because then you just end up being cast as a guy who loses all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's cool that even though he does die, yes, it requires a lot of work for it to happen versus him just getting like squashed hundred like, instantly in like the first fight. So I, I thought yeah. that was cool. I did notice that. Though. Yeah, he definitely holds his own. I love John Saxon, the guy who played Roper. Like, yes, big fan of his. But yeah, I wanted it. I, I wanted it to be Bruce and Jim Kelly at the end yeah. so badly. Yeah, like I would have traded John Saxon in his wig in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Switch places with Jim Kelly, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, just like everyone else said all these really nice things. And I just like loved the scene where they sort of like start parading all these women in. And like they get to him first. And his response is just like he picks like three or four out of a group of seven and then apologizes. Because it's been a long day and he's tired. And so not for the rest of the women he didn't pick. Like to feel bad. And I was just like, I love this. Like all the other things you guys said are much more poignant, much more important. And like, that is just a throwaway comedy sequence. But I'm just like his, like just his vibe in that scene. I was just like, I love this guy. He's, he's wonderful. Um, 
But um, Chuck, you brought up John Saxton. So he pops up on screen, and I, he is not someone like I would regularly know who this guy is. But he mm-hmm. pops up, and I'm like, I know that guy. He's in something. And I was like, what could he have been in? And then I looked up, looked him up on Letterboxd, and it was like I had just recently watched uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like the documentary mm-hmm. series. So obviously he is shown in that. And then I watch uh, Tenombre, just Tenebrae, yeah, yeah, Tenebrae, like mm-hmm. a couple, like a month or so ago. So it's like he's really not been in anything I've seen other than like two things I just haphazardly, like haphazardly had watched in the last like couple mm-hmm. months. But I was just like, oh, a familiar face. I can't wait to see where this goes. And then, like you said, I think I would have much rather him gone down, for sure. Yeah, would have been much better for me. Let's chat about our guy Bruce. So Bruce, for me, like I think. I love watching Bruce Lee movies just because obviously it's just like boom said, it's just so hype. But whenever I watch them, I like always remember that like in my house, whenever like I was like, you know, fake fighting like with my dad or Mm -hmm. something like that, the reference is always like, Oh, like you think you're Bruce Lee, you know? (laughs) And like, we'd always like fake like martial arts, like Kung Fu fight. Whereas like, I'm sure a lot of people like, Oh, like Hulk Hogan could have been like a reference for, Mm. or John Wayne or like all these sorts of things. And so for me, it was always, are you think you're Bruce Lee? Mm -hmm. And so seeing how awesome every single fight is like his first fight scene on the Island of Han is just so cool. Everything you need to know about Bruce Lee and like his philosophy and his fighting style is in that scene. And it's just like, it's so perfect. I get, I get so excited. Like when I watch it, I mean, it was just like, it, it was incredible. Um, what are some of your other favorite Bruce moments from the film? Cause there's obviously nonstop, but we'll, let's round table that. Uh, who wants to go first? I just okay. like that. He's just like the straight laced guy. You know, it's like every, everything is like a teachable moment and everything is just like, he's like turning down drinks. He's turning down women. Like he is just a dude who is focused and it's like, and he has a job to do and he's there to get it done. And, um, there's just something about the way like he treats that young, like he's in the middle of talking to Braithwaite right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's ha- he's being asked to be a spy. Like this is a cool big moment. <laughs> and he's got to like put that on the back burner in order to have like a small moment with one of his students. And it's just mm-hmm. like, and then, and you get all this like really great dialogue about just like how he sees uh, his like martial arts and like, and, and training and all that stuff. And it was just like so nice that you could have like an act, like obviously this is an action movie, but there is something more to it. And I think that's what's cool about Bruce Lee is like there is the cool, fun action. Like he always wanted to be like a big time actor and all that stuff, but there is more to him than that sort of like surface level action thing. There is something more. And I think that sort of like really represents that, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad you brought that up, Catcher, that I was going to talk about that scene with the, the young student where he... um he's drilling it into his student's head that he mm-hmm. needs to get emotional. He need, it, He's looking for emotional content, not anger. Mm. Uh, when he's, you know, he's instructing his student to, to throw a kick at him. Um, and like I was watching some other interviews with, you know, Bruce in real life, like on talk shows, and he talked a lot about fighting with emotion. And, uh, and it was, he talked about it as, a, you know, it was a way, it was how he expressed himself was through, Mm-hmm. through his fighting styles and putting emotion through your body and expressing it that way as like, you know, that, that was like his art is, you know, kind of like his paintbrush. And, um, I love that opening scene for that, that he mm. like literally 
tells the audience like, like this isn't even a part of this movie really. Like this is, <laughs> this is Bruce Lee talking now. Yeah. And I'm telling you what fighting means to me. Mm. And I'm, I'm like teaching you, I'm like sitting you down and I'm teaching you the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. I love that part. Yeah. I really like the scene where it's like the, they just got to the island. It's like the feast or something that's going down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the feast party. There, everybody else is kind of just like distracted by all the cool stuff going on and the women and the drinks and stuff. And he's literally just chilling and observing. Like he's so cool and calm and like calculating and just like, I don't know, just super badass. I was definitely kind of like smitten. I was just like, oh, he's so cool. Mm-hmm. This is my first Bruce Lee movie, actually. Mm-hmm. So obviously I've heard about him and I know how influential he is and, and all that, but it was kind of nice. And I've seen things like I've always like, you know, mm-hmm. but it was kind of just nice to see him in action, but, and all the fighting stuff was obviously so cool, but I just really loved that scene. I was just like, this guy's awesome. I don't know. <laughs> and the man can wear a suit. Yeah. My oh goodness. my God. Yeah. Mm. Or not wear one. <laughs> like that scene where he's getting like the briefing okay um, yes from Bathway, oh. that suit when the way he's just sitting on that couch i was like oh my god like With the projector like flashing oh. on his face i was yes, like is there ever fan. been a better looking man than this guy right now like <laughs> just know. the vibe in the room and just with the the projector i have it written down as one of my notes like just the projector gives such a vibe in that room so and it's just cool. like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that he's just being asked to be a spy like he's been a spy his whole life it looks like yeah, yeah. uh god it was it just just incredible <laughs> just like do love the confidence factor as well because you guys were talking before about mm-hmm. how he like wanted to break out of like these stereotypes and he and i learned in doing research that he really cared about what he was doing and how he was doing it how mm-hmm. he was representing his culture and even to this day, that level of just like agency and like purpose mm-hmm. is you don't often see portrayed in Asian roles. And he really just in cap, in cap, uh, I can't talk. What's the word? How do we say it? Encapsulate, encapsulates and demonstrates <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he does he totally does yeah. i mean there's a reason he's like an icon yeah that spans like he's not just some underground sort of martial arts guy like there's a reason no. he is such a massive pop culture icon mm-hmm. with such a really like a small amount of content to feed off of right yeah. like this is a handful yeah. of movies and then he dies and mm-hmm. they make a couple after he died like by like frankensteining a bunch of content together right but there's a reason like he he lives on like with this like legacy, not even just like in like not martial arts, like in film and music and fashion, like all the he just something about him that's hard to like put into words as yeah. Boom just showed. Features uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it nicely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so the back half of this movie really turns into like a spy mm. fiasco. Uh, we find like this underground layer of this secret heroin deal. And then we get like a series of like three pretty insane fight scenes. So we have Bruce going through the uh, like the underground lair. We have the Hall of Mirrors scene, okay, and then which is un- oh, we'll talk wow. about that I'm sure. Yeah. And then the final fight sequence. So 
what are your favorite moments from from these this like last act of just nonstop action? Um, my favorite moment is Bruce Lee snapping Jackie Chan's neck. That was <laughs> so. That was Jackie Chan. Oh, Did we confirm? Yeah. Did we confirm? No, it was him. Because oh, really? I, he's in this? I didn't... yeah, I saw he's in it, and he like he's in a few of the fighting sequences. I think he probably dies a few times. There's oh, like wow. very, one specific point <laughs> where he like runs up to him and he, Bruce Lee like snaps his neck. And I was like, that's wild, <laughs> you know, because we all know Jackie Chan like went on to kind of right. be huge. But um, in general, I really like that scene. One thing I, I loved was when he puts um, captures the snake um and then yeah. puts it in the so room badass. and he's like literally just sitting there like with this like smug look on his face while the guys <laughs> like throw themselves yeah. out of <laughs> out of the room and he like he like slaps the snake's hand <laughs> just to piss it off the head yeah, yeah it appears yeah. to be real the snake looks yeah. real when he takes it out of the bag and like hits it yeah. on the head to get it aggravated i was like jesus yeah. i was wondering <laughs> if it was a prop too but then there's one part where it like wraps around his wrist and i'm like i feel like that's a real snake <laughs> and that is wild <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love when he like gets the when he first get because he has to move the snake to get into the like the sewer grate. Yeah, thing. yeah. And I love that detail. Like he just happened to have the bag that he had, was carrying his rope, and he's like, "Well, I'm, this snake might come in handy later. I better <laughs> stick him in this bag, throw it over my shoulder." You never know when you might need a snake. You know? Yeah. yeah. Is, <laughs> and also, like just with that scene, like you're I I don't know what I was expecting, but like he throws the snake in, and I'm just like, okay, so how are they gonna? And then they do the last thing I expect, which is like smash the window and jump out like i was like what where this that's not how i would have reacted actually no i mean that's probably what i would have done if i was in that scare actually now that i think about it because i don't want to fight the snake but it's just like that was so not what i expected yeah. yeah i mean and and he even teases that earlier like on the boat bruce says like my style of fighting is fighting without fighting mm. and he does that again with the snake uh which is you know it's cool uh chuck what about you what other moments from the final act of fighting Oh, I love the, I, I love, uh, I mean, Han's the villain, but I want to throw some, mm-hmm. like his, his, his false hand he had, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I, I loved how like through the whole movie, they're teasing all mm-hmm. like what they're like these glass cases in um, in like his, wherever he lives, his lair, his domicile, his lair. <laughs> and you see all these, like, like they just look like, like, like old, like, you know, archeological things of like claws and knife, you know, knives and like eagle, giant eagle claws and stuff. And then you realize like once he start, you know, at the end of the movie, he starts putting those things on his stump and it's like, oh my God, those are all his weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I wanted to see him use more of them. Uh, but, but that also leads to like one of the most iconic images is his like, he uses the Wolverine claws on, Bruce and Bruce gets the scratches on his cheeks and like his his pecs yeah and his stomach and it just looks like yeah his sweaty glistening skin with those bl- oh, red streaks God. it's just yeah. like iconic man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can't look away it's so beautiful <laughs> so uh Chuck I like that you called out how like the little nods of like the little teasing of the fake hand yeah because you know when people watch a martial arts movie I think a lot of people can just assume it's just sort of all about fighting and they don't really put a lot of attention to detail like that. But one thing I really liked at the final fight scene, when the people who are, uh, Shanghai, um, are released. So throughout the movie, they're mm. all dressed in black and all the people fighting are dressed in white. 
And it's like, you think it's just like a stylistic thing, but then when the gates open and they're all fighting, it just makes it super clear who is on whose team. And yeah. I thought that was like so clever because obviously you don't know who these people are. Yeah. Uh, they're all yeah. extras. So, it, you know, they're, they're not in any outfits, particularly like any like big costumes, but when they combined it all, I was like, oh man, like that's such an awesome, like little touch that just makes it so much easier to kind of follow who is on whose side in this insane, <laughs> like yeah. hundred person fight scene. So I, yeah, uh, the little touches that, like that, I think are really great. That was like, I was a little confused at, at the guys dressed in black, like who they were exactly. Like why were they on like Bruce's side? Cause they, they were, were the, all freed, right? Yeah. They were the people oh. who were like in the cells and then uh, Mei Ling oh, okay. releases them mm -hmm. and then they help yes. Bruce. They help oh. Brucey out. I missed yeah. that detail. Catcher, what are you? What are your favorite moments from the ending? Um, just quickly, just before we get to that part, you were talking about just the way that they used the sort of black and white to help yep. whatever. And I was um, going down like a rabbit hole, Jackie Chan rabbit hole on YouTube mm -hmm. the other night. And uh, I was watching, <laughs> it was like a TV special where he was talking about, it was like how Jackie Chan makes movies. Um, mm. And it was all this behind the scenes stuff. And there was a lot of attention to detail about how to use the camera to explain and educate the viewer on what's happening. Like it was mm. always about making sure that the audience understood what was going on and that everything was clear. And I think that's really been lost since like the Bourne franchise became a thing <laughs> where it's like everything must be like fast paced and shaky and like, you're not supposed to know what's going on. And like, even like the best choreographed stuff, like even stuff like John Wick and whatever is, there's mm -hmm. a lot of like fast paced. You don't necessarily always have a grasp on what's going on. And I think that's, what's really special about this movie. And I guess I don't have enough experience, but just watching this as well. It's like Hong Kong action films are about sort of like really giving the audience an understanding of what's going on and, and it makes what you're watching just so much more fun because you don't feel lost. You just feel more invested in what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so I just thought that was just to add on to what you were saying. As for scenes that blew my mind, the mirror scene, the sequence yeah, talk about that, is I figured. crazy. Like mm, uh, yeah. at the beginning of the movie, he's talking with like his master. I don't know, whatever, whoever the, that guy is that he's speaking with. And he mm. makes a comment about like illusion and fighting your mm. enemy and destroying mm. the illusion uh, in mm. order to sort of like be victorious or some something like that. And I was like, wait, isn't there like a Bruce Lee movie where there's like a mirror fighting sequence? Like, I bet you that that's <laughs> what this is. And then at, at the end, they like voice over this his dialogue from earlier. And I was like, oh, I thought mm -hmm. I caught something cool for the podcast, but they just <laughs> handed you on a, on a platter. But it's like that whole sequence is so great because it's really embodies like what the movie sets up at the beginning, which is like fighting the illusion. And like there's so many trickeries and it's just like getting to the heart of what you need to do. And it's like, again, going back, he wants the philosophy sort of mm -hmm. like intertwined with the action. But them just like moving around, like mirrors obviously are such a mind trip for the human brain to comprehend. And they use it so well where – Mm -hmm. You really, your brain really is expecting someone to be somewhere else, and then all of a sudden they're on the opposite side yeah. of the screen. And you're like, "Whoa, wait, what?" Mm -hmm. But then, the the greatest greatest thing ever is the kick where he yeah. does the wine and he kicks Han, and it's like <laughs> between twelve mirrors, and it just looks like something out of Street Fighter. 
Yeah. Where it yeah. just like yeah. extends out and it's just the in the visual impact of that kick is just can now be felt literally like in every video game you've ever played. Like that <laughs> yeah. it, it influenced everything. Like, it's yeah. just such a and and to give him super like almost a superpower but still grounding it in a real mm-hmm. in a real in mm-hmm. real action. It was just like I was like wow. How have I never mm. seen this again? Like, how has not everyone stolen this? This is the best thing I've ever seen. Such a good is way to put scene, it. Is that the scene where he kicks Han in the face, and he, they do the they cut to the close up of his foot kicking Han in the face? Yes, yes. Because it looks like to me that they're they were moving Han and not like Bruce's foot was still. I yeah, think, and they it's were possible like that he's Han standing there the and foot. then his yeah. foot stretches out. And then maybe it's a matter of it's like it pulls it back in is what you see like from far away. I'm yeah. not sure. But. It also looks like he actually kicks him in the head. Yeah. I'm like, obviously, <laughs> Bruce Lee is a master of his like body and his art form. But I'm like, how do you cheapen that? Like that look, it looked like it like because it's like Chuck said, it's a close up. I was like, oh, my God, he just got yeah. knocked in the head. Like, badly. Yeah. <laughs> is this yeah. like the first time that a mirror fight was done like this? Like, I mean, you see it in like countless times, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I really wonder if this was like the first yeah. like modern use of it. Yeah. I mean, it's referenced all the time. So I want to believe, yeah. um, let me see if I just Google mirror fight scene, let's see what the first things that are coming up. Bruce Lee is number one. I'm going to assume whatever comes up first is yeah. typically the most referred thing. That's Us. how the internet yeah. works. <laughs> it's all organized for you. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and assume it's Enter the Dragon. This is the research people come for. Yeah. Uh, I, d- but- I actually, yeah, I was wondering the same thing about, because this is like a tournament martial arts movie, and I was like, is right. this the first time that was done? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's so no this- way. And I looked it up, and there was there was only like one other movie before this wow. that had done it. Yeah, and then this is obviously like, I mean, the movie Mortal Kombat is yeah. basically this movie with some more magical with magical elements, but well, it's right. all, I mean, even Liu Kang goes there in search of his brother, which is kind of what sends Bruce Lee there. Cause he has to, you know, he finds what happens to his sister. And then like, even Bolo is kind of like a Goro character. Ooh. Like, I mean, Bolo. It's, we didn't talk about Bolo. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about Bolo, that big boy. I kind of wish that there was like more fight, like, like tournament fighting. A little bit like yeah. it's sort of I re- once they the tournament starts and I looked at the time, I was like, I think we only have like half an hour of this movie <laughs> left. Like I thought we were going to get a little bit more, but it's like then they just start killing people like him specifically. And I was like, is this a, is this till death? Like, was that the rules? I didn't catch that earlier. If that was true, <laughs> But people are dying in gruesome ways right now. When Volo kills the people who like who allow um, Bruce Lee to beat him up on his little excursion out of the yeah. on the grounds was gnarly like they don't show anything but like you can see it like you're you know the theater of the mind puts it together that, that's insane yeah he's just like snapping spines with his foot off frame and it's just like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah he yeah. like bends him forward like in his <laughs> oh. arms like he's yeah. cradling him and just like like a nutcracker just like pushes them together or something. And I was yeah. like, how, what? Amazing. And Bolo's in, like, we'll know him from Bloodsport um, years oh, later with Jean-Claude yes. Van Damme. That's where I was like, like, when I saw him, I was like, oh my God, it's that guy. Also, that's his real name, Bolo. Amazing. Yeah. Nice. So, <laughs> Solo Bolo. And it, it's a shame that John Saxon took him out, like, by just I kicking know. him in the nuts. I was like, what? Yeah. Come on. 
there is a lot of nut kicking in this yes, movie. So yes. much. I, I was just talking yeah. about that. I loved it. it was, yeah, I was like, well, when is that allowed? Can we do nut kicking and biting and stuff? Like that doesn't yes. seem very kick all the nuts. Hey. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Kick all kick all the nuts. TM. That's what <laughs> Boom, Boom gives her a nut kicking approval. That's here. my podcast. <laughs> That's my podcast idea. Just rating like the best ball ball kicks of all times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty good ones on here. Yeah. Uh, uh, awesome. Before we get to our categories, anyone else want to chat about something uh, in particular? Uh, I just want to call out like the last, like the, how the movie ends with, like, it's almost like a James Bond, Roger Moore yeah. ending where like Br- uh, Bruce comes out, he's won the day, John Saxon's fight is over, all, you know, everything's, and the, the cavalry's rolling in and he's just like, <laughs> he almost looks at the cameras like, like, come on, like. You guys are too late, you know. I already did yeah. all the work. I'm sorted this for you. That. Don't even stress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I made a note that's this I don't even remember writing this, but then I was like, oh yes. Um saying that I want to kiss whoever the locations person is um for this mm-hmm. movie on the mouth. That's what I said. Um <laughs> Because that first shot when they're getting up to the, I mean, sorry, there's so many cool shots, uh, so many cool locations in general. Um, the island, mm-hmm. especially, I just thought was awesome. Um, that shot where like they pan up over the, like, there's like all the people training and doing various things. I was like, this place looks so cool. I want to be there. Not like, I don't want to really be involved with like what's going on there <laughs> in this movie. I just want to like vacation. <laughs> there but yeah yeah no i agree all the visuals like i mean i don't know if again i don't i don't know anything but like you got to figure this must have been a pretty rare example of like a western production being made in hong kong yeah Um, yeah so it was probably wild to for us to see you know all these local or these locales you know even that shot where williams it's is uh just like walking through the city like it's so yeah. it's like a split so cool. second, but it's just so cool. Um, yeah, just all like the location yeah. stuff I really appreciated. So Yeah, and the music, like when whenever Williams comes on screen, the the music gets a little funkier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> music please, thank you. The music throughout is yeah. just awesome. Like it's so cool. I mean, obviously it's very well of done. of the time and like of the era, but every single score hit is so badass. Like and like Chuck said, you know, when when Williams comes on, it just gets like slightly funkier, but all the themes are like generally there and then it sort of changes for each character. I mean, just yeah. the little details around are, are, are just awesome. Uh, man, these podcasts and hours <laughs> annoying <laughs> all the time. I just want to say quickly one thing. This is now two weeks in a row where we have a film where it's like, there's like a tombstone confessional. Oh <laughs> yes. I forgot. And, like, I'm, I'm desperate. I meant to start one. I didn't finish it, but like I'm starting a letterboxed like list. list. If you nice. guys have examples of tombstone confessionals, films with scenes with tombstone confessionals, please email the pod. I will yeah. add them. Uh, I will add them to the list because I was like, this is now my new favorite trope. Yeah, it's a good one to find. Yeah. It's a good one to find. Awesome. So let's get to our categories. Uh, the first one is our Criterion moment, which is like the moment scene sequence that you think uh, just, you know, is why the Criterion selected the film to be placed in its collection. Uh, I'll go first. 
because I'm going to feel like a lot of people are going to say it. I'm just going to say the Hall of Mirrors. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I had a backup. Yeah, yeah I, I'm assuming everyone else had a backup. I don't. Uh, but the Hall of Mirrors, okay, the Hall of Mirrors, I just think it's just so cool. Yeah. Like, it's nice. just one of the most awesome, like, moments in film, and it's just incredible to watch. So uh, that was mine. Uh, catcher, we'll come back to you so you can think of a backup. I'll, tr- I'll try. Uh, Chuck, what's yours? <laughs> yeah, I was going to pick the mirrors, but but I'm going to, it's not a single scene, but it, I think it's Bruce Lee becoming Bruce Lee, like almost his final form before he passes mm. away, like him becoming the legend that, like the character he was sort of building, like with all the, mm. just all the stuff, the Bruce Lee isms, like I, I don't know if that's what they mm-hmm. call him, but like the you know, the cat calling while he fights, you know, the, the noises he mm-hmm. makes, the, the lick, the, the scene where he lick, he like, he, when he gets cut and the he blood. licks the blood off his licks finger. the blood. Oh so God. Um, so cool. And, uh, on, and, on all the slow motion of him, you know, like, like it'll, it'll just do a slow motion of his, like when he's giving like a death blow and it's just his face and his veins are popping out. His face is vibrating. You know, he's, he's screaming. His face is all contorted. Like that, like all that stuff is just so like everyone recognizes, you know, that stuff as, you know, that's quintessential Mm -hmm. Bruce Lee. And I feel like that, like this Mm -hmm. movie, like kind of put all his pieces together and, you know, sort of created that legend. Creates the myth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. Good call. Uh, Boom. Um, My criterion moment is high key when they show what happened to his sister. Um, and yeah, she's just yeah. kicking ass, taking names, um, doing the damn thing. I thought it was awesome. I was living. So, yes, that's mine. <laughs> Were you nice. holding out hope for her to come back in the last act? Like, I was like, maybe she mm-hmm. didn't die. And I was like, it would be so cool if she comes back. <laughs> yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have been like, that would have blown my mind for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that just shows like her, the strength of the performance. You know, you're just like. Yeah. She's too cool not yeah. to see her again. Uh, catch her. Okay, so can I specifically do the kick part? Yeah, from the mirror yeah. scene because I, I I genuinely like the mirror scene is good because it's good like uh, optical <laughs> illusion stuff, but like mm-hmm. the kick itself, like where it stretches across those panes of mirrors, is like it's another level. Like you get the fighting, you get all this stuff, but this is like he is now it visualizes him as more than man in a way. Like he, mm-hmm. he just is exudes this more. Yeah. More than man. Like he is just overpowering everything else and his skills are beyond mortal man. And I just think that visualizing the fighting, like his technique, the fighting, like the, the way it manages to elevate it is just amazing. Amazing. Nice. I don't. I, I don't want to copy, but I just. I just think it's too strong and too important to, like, so much of pop culture, specifically like fighting video games, like crazy. Like that's mm-hmm. like a Johnny Cage kick comes like from that specifically. Yeah, and that's like the shit that we were on the playground, always trying to imitate. Like, you know, right? That's <laughs> in your mind. You're like from. flying through the air. He does yeah. that for real. You know. It's, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> And I mean, Han dies. He just literally kicks Han through a spear. Oh my and god! And then the mirror again. Oh, and it spins. God, the mirror it's spins. so cool. Iconic. I mean, iconic. It's just so so badass. Uh, let's get to our satellite picks. So, 
Again, again, this is another piece of content or something that you think pairs well with uh, Enter the Dragon. We'll go in reverse order. Catcher, what is yours? At first, I was like, is this cheap? I don't know. And then I realized I just I don't have a lot of like kung fu film like experience mm-hmm. under my belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just recently, when I got like the Criterion Collection back again, I was with some friends. And we wanted to put on a movie, and I put on Police Story, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Jackie Chan's Police Story. Bruce Lee was all about martial arts, and there was like a, a thing to it, and a genuineness to it, and I think he was all about that. And Jackie Chan, not that he's not about martial arts, but it's definitely about showmanship and and mm-hmm. entertainment and that sort of thing. And you know, I just think he he's obviously like Bruce, the second coming of sort of like Asian superstar. It's a different style mm-hmm. of thing. It's a different. It's not the same. It's a different variety, but like sort of the trajectory they have a very similar trajectory in terms mm-hmm. of like trying to make it failing and coming back and doing coming back uh, to hong kong and like doing his thing and police story is like his attempt at sort of like okay well they didn't accept me and i'm gonna do my movie my way and police story is crazy some of the craziest <laughs> yeah. Yeah. stunts i've ever seen in a movie yeah. um Everyone should watch Police Story. It's on Criterion. It's I think it's in the collection, and it's also, I believe, mm-hmm. on the channel oh, nice. right now, Police Story 1 and 2. And then I think the third oh, nice. Police Story has, like, Michelle Yao in oh. it, and she oh. sort of, like, takes on the franchise. I might be wrong about that. But she definitely is in, like, Jackie Chan movies, and she just starts doing her own stuff. But, like, Police Story 1 is just crazy and really mm-hmm. fun to watch. And, like, every good Jackie Chan movie, it has, like, outtakes at the end. Um, just seeing the hell that they put their bodies through and it's awesome. So please story, check it out. That's nice. so cool. I'm picking a movie from 1987 called rage of honor. So this mm. was, we actually did this on bad and spider. Um, and it, and it stars, um, a guy Sho Kasugi, who was a, is a Japanese martial arts star who was kind of big in the eighties. Like he, he was more of like a B lister action star. Like he did a lot. He did movies for, canon films if you know them um Mm -hmm. but this movie it's it's almost like his version of enter the dragon where they wanted show to like you know not be a ninja this time so they were like whoa we'll (laughs) this we'll make like your james bond movie so he so he's like he plays like a dea agent who you know who has to quit because he's he needs to get revenge for his partner that was killed by drug dealers and he has to go to south america you know while pretending to be on vacation with his wife and kids, but he's really classic you know, starting these like mm-hmm. bad drug guys. And, um, and it's a, it's super entertaining. He's like, he's one of my favorite, uh, martial arts stars, Shokasugi. So yeah. Rage of honor. And I think it's streaming somewhere. Co-host of bad spider, Dale underscore a says on his review, <laughs> Shokasugi. I'm sorry I waited until now to watch you. You've set me free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if that's not sign off, I don't know what is. Set yourselves free. Set yourselves free and watch Rage of Honor and listen to the episode on Bat and Spider. Uh, my pick is uh, also a martial arts film. Nice. Uh, one of my absolute favorites, the 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Um this is from 1978, and it's basically um, a guy's village uh, is being taken over, and he wants to fight back. So he goes to a Shaolin temple to learn how to train there and goes through 36 chambers of training. Um, it's just such a cool movie. Like, it's an iconic uh, 
Shaw Films, uh, Shaw Films Film. Uh, if you're familiar with the studio, um, it's also the namesake for Wu-Tang Clan's Enter the 36 Chambers of Shaolin. Uh, so if you are a big fan of that album, you'll hear a ton of samples from this movie in there. So it kind of grasps, you know, touches a lot of things I'm very passionate about, which is Wu-Tang Clan and martial arts movies. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's just awesome. It's a really cool movie. It's not like grounded in reality quite like uh, Bruce Lee films are, but this one is really fun to watch. Um, yeah, that's, that's mine. The nice. 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Boom, the time has come. Oh my God. You okay. are at the bolo of this episode. <laughs> I'm the bolo. Okay, listen. My pairing is going to be a little unconventional this week. Okay. It's not going to yes. be like a piece of media per se. It's just going to be okay. some advice. Okay? Because yes. I don't have yes. a lot to reference for this. I haven't watched a lot of martial arts films. I don't want to say a James Bond movie. I think that would like cheapen the experience, to be honest. This is so <laughs> much better than that. Um, Bruce Lee, I've someone I've heard about and known of my entire life. Over the last few days, I've obviously done some research and learned some really cool things about him. Um, so here's my advice is just these iconic figures, especially like the racialized folks, um, artists with these big names, just kind of maybe take some time to get down to the why and understand mm why they're so important. I was so excited to hear about Bruce Lee and what he had done and how important he was. And I think of other people like Alvin Ailey, Frida Kahlo, Langston mm. Hughes, mm. Ai Weiwei, um, Nina Simone, you know, just look them up, mm. watch something of theirs, read something of theirs, look at their art. Just do that. That's my pairing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great pairing. That's, a, that's awesome. Thank I you. Agree. That's a great pairing. And I think <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Nice. Very <laughs> good. Awesome. Yeah, so, well done, Boom. Uh, we have a couple emails and voicemails this week. If you want to shoot us an email or voicemail, go to cinderknotspod at gmail.com. Our first one is from friend of the show and friend of Chuck, Mel. Yes. Uh, it is titled voicemail DWP <laughs> Solidarity. Hey, Cinderknots, it's Mel. I just wanted to express my solidarity with Boom about The Devil Wears Prada. Um, Thank you. I, I put that on recently, like a few months ago, and um, as like I thought it would just be like a fun, like comfort movie, but then I ended up being Mm-mm. just Mm-mm. like grossed out by um, <laughs> Anne Hathaway and Adrian Grenier's relationship. It just felt oh, gross and like toxic to me, and um, and also like the yeah the eating disorder jokes, not cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, hope you guys yeah. have fun talking about <laughs> Enter the Dragon, and hi Chuck, I love you. <laughs> and can you take out the trash, please? <laughs> Mel, thank you very much. Thanks, Mel. Love you, Mel. Chuck, did you take out the trash? Have you done it yet? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> You're working on it. Okay. It's a well, process. I understand after. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up is from our friend Mikey P. Sending out to Mikey P here. I was telling the guys earlier about when I was younger, breaking the bank. And spending $30 on a Enter the Dragon 
clamshelled VHS tape. <laughs> and oddly enough, I didn't watch it that much. There's something about it. It's dark. It's disturbing. I'm, what, I'm, what am I going to say about it that the masters won't already talk about it? But it does make me think about another movie that I watched all the time surrounding Bruce Lee, about Bruce Lee, indirectly about Bruce Lee, not directly about him. Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, starring one of the sexiest people of all time, Jason Scott Lee. Mm. I always wonder what happened to this guy. But I just looked him up. He was just in Mulan. But I thought he should have had a bigger career for some reason. I looked up the director, too. I thought it was Rob Reiner, but it was Rob Cohen. Don't look him up. He's got some terrible stuff about him. Anyway. Imagine if it was Rob Reiner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is my pairing for Enter the Dragon. Something to counterbalance it. Something uplifting and kind of cheesy. Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. It's fun. They have a, they have a scene where this girl, <laughs> when he's younger, he... Uh, they worked at a restaurant together and she walks into his room. They don't say anything. And he just takes her against the door <laughs> and he pulls down her undergarments, down her bare leg, and they go at it against the door. <laughs> and as oh a 13 year old boy, this was the most erotic thing of all time. <laughs> what did it was a PG 13 movie. Oh my god! All right, Mads. love you. Bro. I was, I was. He was like, he was like whispering. Wow. I was like, why is yeah. he whispering? I feel like we're having like a nice, intimate conversation, yeah, and now I understand secrets. why. Yeah, he, he was either he was either trying to set a mood or hide from his family. Right. Yeah. I, I, I was gonna say it's the latter. I think yeah. <laughs> it could have been both. Uh, here is a voicemail from ex guest of the pod, Sophie. Hey, Synanauts, it's Sophie. I just wanted to get my voicemail in before you guys record. I'm honestly still watching Enter the Dragon. I'm nearing the end. Bruce <laughs> Lee is absolutely tearing shit up right now, so I'm assuming he's just going to save the day in the end, but we'll see. Maybe there's a plot twist. Um, but just a few things about this movie. Number one, the drip, the style is... That was a chef's kiss. It was, it's beautiful. Williams in that... <laughs> All red, like, denim jacket pant combo. Hot. Bruce Lee yes. in yes. That, that suit at the beginning. Perfect. Bruce Lee Hot. training in yes. those black underwear. Hot. Hot. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'll stop. Um, number two. The iconic feminist moment that is Bruce Lee's sister. Uh, mm. Just fucking shit up with those guys chasing her. That was... Probably in my top five feminist moments in film. It's up there with Princess Ooh. Leia strangling Jabba the Hutt for me. Like, it's, that was amazing. <laughs> and it made me feel great. <laughs> Lastly, Roper. Is that his name? I think it's Roper. Looks like Zac Efron. And once you see that, you really can't yeah, see yeah, it. He does. And he it was does. honestly kind of distracting, <laughs> but I kind of liked it. Um, I think that's Hot. it. I had so much fun watching this movie still am having fun watching this movie bruce lee is a legend obviously um so yeah thanks thanks for this pick can't wait to hear what you guys say about it and just remember to uh you know don't think feel <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's amazing thank you sophie well uh, great voicemail yeah. all-time voicemail 
Uh, man, two back-to-back horny voicemails uh, on, on this episode, huh? Can you help it? Look at these people. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's, hard. it's hard to resist. Yeah. Uh, make sure you go listen to Sophie's podcast. I hope this finds me well, uh, which is an awesome podcast. Yes, about it is. Sending letters to yourself and being uh, reminiscing on what you've your past life. So go listen to that. This last email, <laughs> I, I I'm gonna not lie. I read it ahead of time. <laughs> Because of the subject and who it was from. This is from our old pal Slim at 70 millimeter. <laughs> looking, looking to stir stuff up with Delete. Chuck on here. Delete. <laughs> the subject. Question for Chuck Forsman. Oh, God. First time, long time. My question is for Chuck. First, thanks for being you. Aww. Second, which is better, Armageddon or The Rock? <laughs> so... Slim's just here to start a fight. Troll with on 100. No. I'm just glad I'm not oh, caught God. in the crossfire here. So that's fine. You guys can go at it now. Being a good podcast host that I am, Chuck, what is which is better, Armageddon or The Rock? Um, honestly, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion about this. I <laughs> uh, probably the best answer, but I would probably pick The Rock. I would prefer I mean, to watch that more than Armageddon. That's what Slim wanted, and that's what Slim got. I'm sorry, it's, <laughs> it's I didn't. Okay. I I honestly didn't know uh, who I was going to hurt, but I guess I hurt you, Ian. I, I apologize. Uh, Slim, thank you for your email. Slim wins again. He wins again, like always, undefeated. Uh, but you know what? I can go leave a voicemail over at seventy millimeter and yeah, cause some havoc over there. So stir it up. Uh, before we wrap, last. Boom, any quick uh, tea with Boom tea with you'd Boom. like to discuss from our uh, social life? I don't really have any tea. I, I mean, was... the tea with Boom this week was Mel's voicemail. Yeah. yeah. That was the real tea. <laughs> the tea is that we are starting a movement. Mel and I are at the forefront. It's down with Devil's Wear, Devil Wears Prada, and that's the tea with Boom. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to show up at... Uh, uh, if you want to get in on this tea with Boom, it's a new segment we're, we're trying out here. Uh <laughs> Engage with Boom's awesome Instagram and tweets yeah. that she puts out and try and see uh, where the tea with Boom will land for next week. Uh, but this has been the episode. So, Boom, you have our pick for next week. I do. Uh, and then after your pick next week, we're doing a fun little three in a row string of movies that we'll talk about. But yeah. that's a little teaser. But Boom, where are you taking us next week? Thank you so much for asking. Okay. So traditionally, um, when we have guests on this show, they are the ones who pick the the film. Um, mm-hmm. But so we have Chuck here today, but Ian ultimately was the one that picked Enter the Dragon. So I went on Sorry. an undercover mission and um, joined forces with my new uh, virtual bestie, Mel. And oh boy. <laughs> got Even her. Chuck is shook. Even Chuck is shook right now. <laughs> yeah, Chuck has no idea what's going on. And I got Mel to figure out that if Chuck were to have picked a film uh, for us to do from the Criterion, <gasps> which film oh, that would be. Um, so next week we will be doing David Cronenberg's The oh, Brood, yes. oh. 1979. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Wow. The description yeah, I just, here. I just flash back to, to uh, Melissa asking me yeah. what I would pick. 
<laughs> and, uh, and now it all makes sense. I messaged her and she was just like, I so actually good. asked him that question last night and he just like didn't answer me. So she's like, I'm just gonna pretend, like I'm just gonna pretend wow. that like I forgot that I asked it and just ask again. And then she got the good. So amazing. The plan went oh, off man. without a hitch. Um, but yeah, the oh, description here is a mad doctor tries psychoplasmic therapy on a raging woman soon to be a mother so let's do mm. this since i cheated and boom corrected the wrong uh chuck do you just want to come back and just record with us next week also uh let me check my brief. calendar uh <laughs> blip, 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 yeah blip, i can come back for sure. Boom. All right. Yes. Oh, there awesome. we have it. Sorry, <laughs> Dale. He's a synodont now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. So I actually haven't seen The Brood. Oh, I'm, I'm a, Cro- I'm a Cronenberg fan, but I've never seen it. Uh, oh, have awesome. you seen The Brood, uh, Catcher? Oh, yes. This is okay. like one of the first like art, mo- like arty movies I watched in college uh, for a film class. This is like the, th- the one of the three pillars of like me loving movies this movie is amazing it's so great it's so fun i can't Mm -hmm. wait this is (laughs) and we're i mean having chuck on here just yes gonna make it i just got the cherry on top yeah nice that's so awesome thank you guys so happy i got to pick (laughs) (laughs) uh boom writes the wrong again and (laughs) continues her reign at the top of the synod well uh Everyone, thanks for hanging out. And I, this is typical Guru. It's about to Chuck, but Chuck will be visiting us again yeah. next week. See you later, the Chuck. Brood, so, uh, yeah, I got to get a hotel room. Yes, exactly. We will uh, happily see you next week. And for everyone else, uh, we'll talk to you later. Ciao. Bye. 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 <laughs>